Wow, that's great. I think I see now. I think I ah. see. It's not, I, I, because my whole focus has been, I must address the wrong approach, the, the thing that is hurting Egbert. And so I must stop it and prevent that from happening. But you're addressing the root of it by connecting with Caligula and letting him see what he wants and then letting him know this isn't going to get him what he wants. And that internally will prevent him from doing that in the future. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your kids is a conversation on connected parenting. Bonnie Harris talks to parents about their problems and struggles. Listen in. These conversations can be your support system in your day-to-day parenting journey. Welcome back to Tell Me About Your Kids. I'm Bonnie Harris, and I am your host. Hi, Adam. Hi. Adam is the sound engineer. Yep. That's what I do. That is my official job title here. And my buddy, no, but my specific job on this is definitely sound engineer <laughs> and buddy. So I think I could still be your buddy, but you wouldn't have a podcast if I wasn't also a sound engineer. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Or you could have it with somebody else. I hope not. No. Are you having a podcast affair on me? <laughs> Are you secretly recording? An- <laughs> is there something you want to tell me right now? No. <laughs> oh. Adam. All right. How could you think such I a thing? I knew I could trust you. <laughs> The woman that you talked to today was delightful. She was, right? Yeah. Her name is Julie, and she has two kids and hands down wins the award <laughs> for the best names that they have called their children <laughs> in this podcast. One is Caligula and one is Egbert. Um I, I kind of don't want to tell you if those are real or fake names. <laughs> I want you to just, the listener, just to be constantly thinking through this whole thing. Did they really name their kids Caligula and Egbert? Um, I will say that those are probably not their real names. Um, but also... But what's, but what's interesting is they are the names that reflect how their parents think of them. Which is what we've never had before. No. Which is so interesting. Yeah. And I like that creative spin on it, which gives me hope for, for this this family. Because <laughs> you can already tell that, that they're creative. Um, you know, what it, what it ends up coming down to is something that is, is pretty classic for this show. You know, having at least, you know, two siblings who are trying to communicate with each other, but one who is the antagonist and one who is um, a bit more sensitive. The little one. The little one right. um, is the Egbert in this situation. Right. The older one is is Caligula. And all moms want to protect the little one, and probably most dads too. Right. But, you know. And that ends up coming out as the older one should be in more control. The older one is is causing the chaos. Therefore, the older one right. feels like a bad kid. Right. And the troublemaker. And right. you are going through the steps of trying to find ways to not see it that way. Yes. Uh, and to look right. at the, the older one is just... When classical attention. parenting teaches us that he has to be punished, he has to be treated in such a way that is going to make him see that this is bad what he's doing right the so julie is is on here just herself but references her husband 
um, a, a number of times. And um, I, I think it's interesting because you can you can tell that both of them are trying really hard to, I think, do what's best for the kids, but also they're fighting themselves, not but be, not between themselves, but they're fighting their own right. self That's... for everything that they have learned and all of their instincts, to, you know, to hold the line and try to be strong and to to show that authority, and it it just doesn't work in the way that they want it to work. And not in the way they intend. They, not, not the way, way they, they intend. would yeah. like it to work. And that's, I think, the probably the theme of this podcast mm. is not this episode. The whole podcast is fighting with ourselves to do the right thing for our kids. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. Well, I, I actually think there's – it's really refreshing to hear someone, you know, be so open – and willing to just find a better way. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I think happens in this episode. So, yeah. you know, um, fold your laundry to this, go on a drive listening to this, go on a run <laughs> listening to this, cook dinner while listening to this. And don't forget, if you're if you're just joining the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Um, and, you know, we've so many episodes, um, back episodes that you can right. go listen to. And probably find your specific issue if you if you found if you found this podcast through searching like a you know a a specific thing you're dealing with there's going to be a lot more things that you're dealing with and we probably have an episode about that thing so go back and look and and please give us a star rating and and write a little review or a comment for us you know we really love to hear that all right here we go For generations, we have maintained the reward and punishment system of raising children without question, assuming the carrot-and-stick approach is the only way to bring up responsible citizens. This age-old assumption has ignored the state of the world the reward and punishment approach has wrought. We are a society of people trying hard to fill up our internal gaps of inadequacy with addictions, pills, and behaviors that may help in the moment but leave us once again feeling not quite good enough. Welcome to the show, Julie. I'm happy to have you here today. How are you? Doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me. So tell me about your kids. Well, I have uh, two boys, um, six-year-old Caligula and uh, three-year-old Egbert, fresh six and fresh three. And one seems to always be antagonizing the other. Not not in the sense that he um, intentionally is trying to hurt Egbert, but... um, he just does things that seems to be a little bit too antagonistic for us as parents who are viewing. And also it's hurting Egbert. Um, for example, this morning, he wanted to show Egbert uh, something he was working on. I don't remember what art that he was put together or some sort of Lego piece. And Egbert was having breakfast, so he wasn't looking. And in order to mm-hmm. get Egbert's attention, um, he pulled Egbert's hair and that mm-hmm. hurt, mm-hmm. and that made me mad. And 
Did it hurt you or Egbert? It hurt Egbert because <laughs> he was screaming. And oh, he it, was screaming. Okay. And, and so and so I, w- I turned to Egbert and I said, are you okay? And then I looked at Caligula and I said that this hurts Egbert and he should not hurt his younger brother. And then I, I comforted Egbert. Um, and this sort of uh, reining in my emotions is a lot because I, I've been listening to your podcast and, and following your advice. Oh, because great. otherwise, I default to blowing up on him because I, whenever any of my children get hurt, whether it be Caligula or Egbert, and a mama bear comes out and I just see red and I'm just rageful and, you know, my mm-hmm. sort of um, default is to get Caligula to go into his corner and know that this is wrong. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. It, we've we've done a lot of uh, in the past, even um, timeouts. Each time he hurts Egbert, or mm-hmm. uh, even spanking to get the point across. Um, and it's just it's hard. It's hard to see Caligula hurt Egbert, and I, I just don't know how to get it to stop. It's it's just. Well, let's let's start with what point do you think you actually get across to Caligula? Well, I know what your what your intention is. Yes. But if you could be him for a minute. Right. And you're getting angry at him and putting him in timeout or maybe a spanking, what do you think he gets from that? probably feels that it's Egbert's fault that he's getting punished. Right. So he's going to blame Egbert all the more. Right. So the trick with sibling fighting is to make sure that you don't turn one into a victim and the other into a perpetrator. Right. And we do that completely unintentionally. Absolutely. Because you're making these assumptions about Caligula's intentions, which are not at all his intentions. Right. Right? Right. So when he wanted to show Egbert his whatever it was he made this morning, and Egbert wasn't paying any attention— He knew how he was going to get his attention, right? He knew that if he pulled his hair, it would get his attention. Yes. And that hurt. Absolutely. And Egbert screamed. He screamed. Right. So what you want to go for in a situation like that is working with Caligula. (laughs) I I just have to laugh because I love the names that you chose for your kids. (laughs) This is the the what the Roman emperor who is yes. Is, so Cal- is, Caligula is is the antagonistic, crazy Roman emperor, which right. reflects well in terms of how we see our antagonistic older son. And Egbert's mm-hmm. our more fragile three year old, who's mm-hmm. just half Caligula's age. So. Right. Whether he knows and, it or not sometimes. Yeah. And that's exactly, and that those names absolutely reflect on how you see them and therefore how you come at it. And you yes. see Caligula as tough and strong and overbearing and overpowering, right? Yes. 
That's right. So I am going to work today on helping you see him quite differently. Okay. When Caligula gets yelled at or punished, thinking, oh, I did a wrong thing. I should gently talk to Egbert. I should say something to him. I shouldn't pull his hair. That's not what happens for him. What happens for him is mommy doesn't love me. She loves Egbert more. Egbert's the one who got me in trouble. It's all Egbert's fault, right? This is, this is how an egocentric brain works. We've got to remember that our children have very, very, very undeveloped brains. Our brains aren't fully developed until our mid-20s. And so they have no prefrontal cortex action going on, which is the area of the brain where, where we think about the consequences of our actions, where we think about what would happen if I do such and such. That's just beginning to develop in the teen years. That's why teenagers engage in such risky behavior, because they're not really thinking a whole lot about the consequences of their choices. So Caligula is really not even capable of thinking. If I pull Egbert's hair, he's going to cry, and mommy's going to get mad at me, and I shouldn't do that. I should do something different. He can't even go there yet. He also is not going to have any consideration for Egbert's feelings because he's after something he wants. And when a child is after something they want, that's their focus. And if any of that is thwarted, it's stress happens and they're going to react accordingly. So he knows that he's going to get Egbert to pay attention to him when he pulls his hair. Right. I don't want to enforce that. <laughs> you don't want to enforce that, no. But you also don't want to enforce that Caligula is the bad kid and Egbert is your favorite, right? You're the one, you're... He's the one who you are going to be protective of, which is what happens when Mama Bear comes out, right? Yes. Yes. And that's an of course. We understand that. All parents understand that. But that's an adult brain thinking about what's going on. So what we want is for our kids to learn how to go back and forth with each other. We want to allow them to fight. We want to allow them even to punch and hit each other, as long as it's a mutual give and take, as long as they understand what they're doing. If you work really hard to get two boys to never fight, and to never hit, you're going to be beating your head against a brick wall from now until they leave the house. So that doesn't mean 
you should encourage it. It means you want to have more appropriate expectations of what your boys are going for and going after. When you say that you would put Caligula in timeout or sometimes maybe even give him a spanking, and I assume you yell at him for hurting Egbert? Oh, absolutely. I'd ask him, how how would you feel if, if I pulled your hair? You know, just so that he knows that it hurts. I, I don't need to pull right. it for him to know that it would hurt. But he would sometimes respond right. and say, oh, I'm, oh, just kill me then, or, or just very dramatic. Oh. And, and, you know, he would, he would beat himself and, and, and very flippantly. That tells me that he has well learned that he's the bad kid. Unfortunately. Does that make sense to you? That when he says that, when he beats himself up, when he says, just kill me, he's, he doesn't know how to turn it around. He has no idea how to turn it around. All he's getting is that he's doing it wrong and you're not happy with him. So how do I turn that around? That's not teaching him to get experts' attention differently. Right. So you turn it around by, by addressing Caligula with what he wants. I bet you wanted Egbert to pay attention to what you wanted to show him, right? You wanted Egbert to look at what you were showing him, and he was busy, and that was frustrating. How do you think you could get him to look at you and to look at what you want to show him? What do you think you could do? When you pulled his hair, what happened then? He cried, he cried, he screamed, and then, and then you, you know, he's not going to say he got me in trouble, but that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And so you can say, well, that didn't get you what you wanted, did it? What you wanted was Egbert to pay attention to you. What do we often do when we want to get somebody to pay attention to us? We say their name or pat their shoulder. Yeah, so that's what you want to get from him. Okay. So, you see, what Caligula needs from you is your understanding of what he was after. Your understanding that it was really frustrating for him when he came to show Egbert what he had made and Egbert wasn't paying attention. That makes connection, right? So then Caligula just feels, you know what I want. It's just, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's what I want. So then you go into problem-solving mode, which is how do you get what you want? When you pulled his hair and he cried, that didn't get you what you wanted, did it? Right. So what else do you think you could do that would actually get him to pay attention to you? Yes. What does he like to hear from you? Right? That's really teaching him what to do. Whereas punishment is just making him feel bad. 
Right. And we are steeped for generations and generations. We have been steeped in the reward and punishment method of parenting. Yes. And it has never worked and it will never work. It is not good for our children. That's so hard to and hear. <laughs> I will say why. Because you're not alone. It's incentives, that the idea that people respond to incentives and that kids respond to incentives. That's why we have these sticker charts, right? And we have mm-hmm. time out. Mm-hmm. So you have the carrot and the stick. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of hard for exactly. me to process. <laughs> An incentive is something that encourages or motivates one to do something. An incentive must be positive and encouraging to motivate a child. A punishment is never an incentive. If it causes a change in behavior, that motivation is fear. Fear of what will happen to me if. And for many kids like Caligula, punishment provokes a fight mode and behavior gets worse. Punishment teaches Caligula that he is bad, that he is not approved of, that he's not loved, at least in that moment. Thus, he goes down the rabbit hole of shame and belief that he's not good enough. When children feel bad, they behave badly. Punishment teaches huge lessons, just never the ones we would ever intend. The carrot and the stick is exactly it. But you see, they're always going after the carrot or trying to avoid the stick. It has nothing to do with them behaving in a way that makes them feel good. Right? So what we've got to understand about behavior, which most of us don't, is that behavior is only the tip of the iceberg. Behavior is the expression of how a child is feeling emotionally, right? Right. So Webster says that the definition of behavior is the aggregate response of internal stimuli to external stimuli. So what that means is however your child is feeling at any given moment, and whether that is just from right now, I'm, I'm angry or upset because, you know, my brother punched me, or whether it's, you know, five or six years of feeling like I don't know how to do it right, whatever it is, that internal emotional system meets with what's happening externally. My brother's screaming, my mother's saying this to me, my teacher or my friend or a peer or an animal or an event is responding, right? And it meets with how I'm feeling emotionally. The result is behavior. Mm. And the thing that we want to understand as parents of young children is that Behavior is the only way you know how your kids are doing. The behavior tells you 
how your kids are actually doing. So a child, and you've got to understand temperament, and you've got to understand the developmental stage of your child. So if a child is behaving age-appropriately, can be frustrating as hell, temperamentally appropriate, which can also be frustrating as hell, but if you know it's appropriate for who your child is, even if it's annoying, you know your child is doing fine. They're feeling, they're feeling good. They're feeling okay. If the behavior is not acceptable, is not temperamentally or developmentally appropriate, but they're throwing and hitting and punching and screaming and self-deprecating, all of that tells you your child is hurting. Mm. And what we do when we see unacceptable behavior is we punish it, thinking that that's going to motivate them to behave differently. But what it does is increase the emotional turmoil they have going on internally. Okay. So I... I I, I see where punishment that is too much can result in this sort of pain, but I, I, I just feel like I can't let Caligula go without any punishment. I, I just, it doesn't, in my head just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I know, because I'm making an assumption that you were brought up with punishment. Right? Absolutely, yes. So that's all you know. That's all you know. So if you're not going to punish him, you feel like you're being a negligent parent. Yes, I I feel like I'm not teaching. Right. What you're doing is teaching exactly the opposite of what you intend to be teaching. And that's what we've got to wrap our heads around. This This is a whole new mindset. And you see this reward and punishment system that we bring our children up in, to me, is the reason for the totally screwed up world we live in and all the struggles that people are going through, all the addictions, all the problems, all the, the killings, the murders, the wars, the horrible way people treat each other and think about each other. It's because they're having to protect themselves. And what a, what a connective parenting approach fosters is helping your child think about what they do and behave according to how they feel, not whether they're going to get a sticker or not. They're behaving the way you want them to in order to get the reward. As soon as that reward is taken away they go back to floundering because they haven't learned the, it's called the internal locus of control. The stickers, the pizza parties, the prizes, the special toy, the extra screen time, that's all external control. Yes. And if a child is brought up by external controls, they don't 
learn in the way we want them to the internal control. That's great. Which is self-discipline, self-control, and self-esteem. Okay. So so how would you approach the future, because it's going to happen again. Oh, yes. Of a Caligula either punching Egbert right. or, for, for example, sometimes he he wants to play tag and Egbert's not up for it. So then he just takes one of Egbert's favorite toys and teases him with it. Look what I've got, Egbert. Look what I've got. And then he'll he'll have Egbert chasing him and screaming or he'll, for fun, because he thinks when whenever Egbert's laughing, he's enjoying it, he'll tickle Egbert and not stop and just tickle mm-hmm. him and tickle him. And I know it's not fun being tickled for, you know, without any breaks. And, and he, in his six-year-old mind, he can't see that it's not a fun thing for Egbert on the receiving end of being tickled endlessly. Right. To be, this is not a mean kid, right? No. He's not doing, it sounds like he just really wants Egbert to play with him. Yes. Right? So your job is to help him figure out how he can get Egbert to play along with um, validating for him how frustrating it is when Egbert doesn't do what he wants him to do. Yes. That's the connection piece. Letting him know that you get it. You get how frustrating, how hard it is when he's got an idea of what he wants to do. He wants to play with Egbert. He wants Egbert to get silly and laugh. And he's got ideas of how to make that happen. But it actually isn't getting him what he wants. Wow, that's great. I think I see now. I think I ah. see. It's not, I, I, because my whole focus has been, I must address the wrong approach, the, the thing that is hurting Egbert, and so I must stop it and prevent that from happening. But you're addressing the root of it by connecting with Caligula and letting him see what he wants and then letting him know this isn't going to get him what he wants. And that internally will prevent him from doing that in the future. This is genius. Thank you, Bonnie. <laughs> I love well, it. that's wonderful that you did that switch so quickly. Now, it's there's a lot of layers to it, so it's it get it's complicated. But once you understand how your child is thinking, and you first understand who your child is, yes, then you're going to see how to how to address it. So the other thing is you want your children to learn from natural consequences, not from arbitrary consequences that you impose. Because that sets the power balance off. That puts you in power over your child. When you put him in timeout, when you spank him, when you yell at him, when you criticize him and judge him, you're putting the power over him and he feels powerless. That's that internal emotional state. He may feel powerless. He may feel misunderstood. He may feel 
lonely. He may feel jealous. He may feel any, all of these feelings. And that meets with you saying, no, that's bad. You can't do that. And it just compounds how he feels, right? So once we realize what we're doing with punishment, what we're doing with yelling, and you're actually causing your child to feel worse, when you really truly get that, there is no way you will ever do it again. Mm. Oh, this is this is hard when when it comes to issues that don't have natural consequences, like flipping over the couch. And I'm okay with it, but my husband's really bothered by it, and so he gets time out. But there's not really a consequence to no, unless so you, there's no you don't time need, out because he's not learning to not flip over the couch when you put him in time out, especially right. because of his temperament which I have an assumption about. Um, what you want to say is, I don't want you flipping over the couch. Here's what you can do instead. So not even don't flip over the couch. You can't flip over the couch. You shouldn't flip over the couch. It's, I don't want you to. It's much less blaming when you come from yourself and you take responsibility for what you want and what you don't want. All right. I get upset when I see Egbert hurting and I want to protect him. And I want to do that when you get hurting too. That's what I want. Yes. Not you shouldn't do that. Uh, you see, that's yes. blaming. Whenever you blame a child, that child has to necessarily will just go in on himself and focus on how do I get out of this? How do I get away with this? How do I get mommy not to yell at me? How do I, how do I? They can't take in what they've just done. Um. So what you want him to see is that when he pulls Egbert's hair, Egbert screams and right. cries. Yes. You don't need to tell him not to do that. He knows not to do it. But in the moment, in that split second, when he wanted Egbert to pay attention to him, he knew that was going to get his attention. He didn't think, oh, it's going to make him scream and he's going to hurt him. He just wanted his attention. Right. Right. You want him to be able to take in that hair pulling leading to Egbert crying and you comforting Egbert because he's crying. When he can take that in, he gets to see what his actions wrought. And that's what builds conscience. When you see the consequences of your actions the natural consequences of your actions, right? As soon as you blame him, you have, you have undermined that whole process. Because when you blame him for what he's done, then he goes in, 
he misses what's happened to Egbert entirely because he's so focused on himself and how he's got to get out of this. Yes. And so what he's doing is choosing to say, I'm a terrible kid. I shouldn't even live, whatever it is he says. Right, right. right. I, I, I that, see. It's... That kind of becomes his defense. So he's not taking in what happened. Right, that's right. He's In order to have a more mature mindset, he needs to feel secure and safe in order to you got view it. what is happening in front of him. Absolutely. And safe is a really important word that you just came up with, Julie, because he doesn't feel safe when he's blamed and yelled at and punished, right? And right. hit. Right. What you want to do is comfort Egbert because he's crying. You would do the same for Caligula if he was crying. Absolutely. You want to comfort Egbert, but not say anything to Caligula. Nothing. And not even, look what you did to Egbert. Definitely not look what you did to Egbert. Okay. That's blame. That's All right. blame. You want him to see. You want him to watch. Now stay with me for a second because it's not like you don't do a thing. So you want him to watch what happened. Egbert's crying. Egbert had his hair pulled. Probably you. it might even be that side of his head hurts. So then you say to Caligula, do you want to get the ice pack from the freezer? Or do you want to get a Egbert's lovey and bring it to him and see if he'll feel better? When children don't feel blamed and criticized and pushed out, they want to make amends for their actions because their actions are totally impulsive. That hair pull was nothing but impulse. Yes. Right? That's it was right. not premeditated, I'm going to go in and hurt my brother. No. In that moment when Caligula is frustrated that Egbert won't look at what he's made, his impulses take over. He wants what he wants and does what he thinks he has to do to get it. When Julie wants her older boy to stop hurting her younger, her impulses take over, and she turns into a rageful mama bear, yelling and threatening. This is not what she wants to happen. How often do you say or do something you don't mean? If that happens to us mature, educated adults, why do we think we can punish a child when their impulses get the better of them? the longer you go with the punishment mindset because you're actually turning Caligula into a perpetrator and Egbert into a victim because you're the one who's defending Egbert, right? And so Egbert learns to be dependent on you to solve his problems. Uh, yes. Right? Okay, so back to your comforting Egbert 
you ask Caligula if he'd like to get something to help Egbert feel better. Yes. And he may say no because he's used to being yelled at. So he yes. doesn't know what he can trust. Right. When he feels absolutely safe, that means he knows that you understand him. Yes. He knows that you get how he's feeling. And then you give him an opportunity to make amends, and he will happily do it because he wants to make amends because it was an impulsive gesture, right? Then, after the whole situation is over, that's when you talk to Caligula and say, you really wanted Egbert to look at what it was you made this morning. That was really frustrating when he was not paying attention to what you wanted to show him. Right. Right? So you're connecting. So he knows that you get him. Yes. Then you're connected. Then you can say to him, I wonder how you could do that next time. You want him to pay attention to what you're doing. And this time, you just wanted to get his attention quickly, and you grabbed his hair, but that didn't do what you wanted. He just got really upset. Yes. Next time, what do you think you could do when you want him to pay attention to you, when you want him to look at what you have brought? All right. And you're asking him, you're not telling him, just call his name. Don't hit him. Don't pull his hair. You know, all that focus on the negative right. takes away from what do you think you could do? See, he, he has enormous capability, but he doesn't have the chance to express it. And most kids don't because we're always telling them what they have to do and what they shouldn't do. Yes. So if you if he knows and it's may take a little while but he's still very young it may take him a little while to trust you yes. that you're not going to get mad at him that you're not going to tell him not to do that that you're not going to say how would it feel if he pulled your hair right because he's not he's especially when he's stressed he's not going to understand that concept. We do that all the time with kids, but it yes. just kind of flies over their head because all they really want is to pay attention to what they want. Right. Right. The number one rule of parenting is to understand that it is your child's job to get what he wants when he wants it. He's doing his job right. just fine. <laughs> yes. Well, except he's not because he's not getting what he wants, right? You've got to help him learn how to get what he wants. Okay. He doesn't want his brother to hate him. He doesn't want you to get mad at him. He doesn't want any of that. He just wants to be successful and get along and have you love and accept him. What, what do I do when I've, in my rage, flown off the handle and yelled at him? How do I recover from that? 
Right. Good question. By waiting until everybody's emotions are down, and it can, it doesn't have to be right away. It can be later in the same day. It can be even the next day. But the younger the child, the sooner you want to do it. And you could go to him and say, I am really upset about how I reacted to you. It wasn't right. I know that you felt yelled at, you felt blamed, and I'm sorry. And here's what I wish I had said instead. That's the real repair. Parents apologize all over the place, which is fine. It's important to be able to. But when you apologize again and again and again, but your behavior doesn't change, eventually kids tune out your apologies. Right. But if you apologize and then say, here's what I wish I had done instead, not only is that a repair for your child, but it's a repair for you. Yes. I wish I had talked to you about how frustrated you were when Egbert didn't do what you wanted him to do. That's frust. That's hard. Right. You've got a plan in your head, and Egbert's not doing what you want. Right. Bummer. And that's you know it's it's kind of it's going to happen again and again and again. Right. That. Yes. Egbert is so much younger than you, and he doesn't understand what you want him to do, and he's got his own ideas of what he wants to do, and that's hard. That's hard. So you're not expecting Caligula to be a 15-year-old understanding a three-year-old, right? Right. You've got to set your expectations for what a six-year-old can expect, can understand. He's still a very, very little boy. Yes. Right? He's still very egocentric. This is so helpful. I'm so glad you're reminding me of this because sometimes just seeing the age difference, you or I, I would forget how little Caligula still is. Yes. We always, you know, endow the older child with suddenly... Many years when we have a second yes. or a third, you know, suddenly the oldest child, be, well, you should understand. Right. And they're still just little kids. And it's it's not fair to him. Right. It's, it's pressing like reset button in my head. Like each time I talk to you, Bonnie, I really appreciate you. That's so great. Recalibrating my mindset. <laughs> That's great. Well, well, we'll keep working on it. and. Yes. And try this the next time they get into a fight and and remind yourself of how you want to go through it because you're the one who's got to do the work. Yes. Yes. And I'm I'm so glad to have a have a teacher and a mentor in you. So thank you so much for letting me come on your show and for walking me through a lot of <laughs> my parenting struggles. Well, you are so welcome, and I thank you very much for coming on the show. I am sure this is going to help a lot of parents. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Bonnie Harris. 
If you're curious to learn more or would like to talk to me personally, check out my website, bonnieharris.com, where you can also find my books, When Your Kids Push Your Buttons and Confident Parents' Remarkable Kids. There are also links in the liner notes. And please subscribe to Tell Me About Your Kids on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell Me About Your Kids is produced and scored by Echo Finch.